Well, here we are, the fourth Sunday of Advent, and Christmas Eve is only four short days away. And I think it is a blessing to us as a church family that this Sunday, in God's perfect timing, that we lit the Advent candle of love. And I say that for a number of reasons this morning. First of all, love is the catalyst for the entire Christmas story. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him to the world to redeem humanity and reconcile us to him. The divine became human so that he could prepare the way for the human to return to the divine. Secondly, the light of Christ has been radiating divine love since before time began. In the Gospel of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There's a quote I'm particularly fond of, and I wish I could remember who said it. But the quote is, Divine love always has met and always will meet every human need. Whoever said it, that statement is eternal truth. And it is especially evident in the coming of Christ to the world. The coming of Christ to the world to meet every human need. The coming of Christ to the world to meet every human need because he so loved the world. He so loved us. Thirdly, the light of divine love coming into the world as a newborn baby, as the manifestation of the love light of God radiating from a brand new life, reminds us that with God all things are made new. The cycle of human life as we exist now in our fallen state, beginning with our birth and ending with our death, becomes less a finite journey and more a brief sojourn, a temporary stay, if we will only lift our eyes toward heaven and look to the hope and promise made possible by the coming of Christ into the world.
love. Love makes the pass through this material, temporal life bearable, even joyful for infinite beings like us. Love gives us, gives us hope for what comes next. Love bonds our hearts to the heart of God. Love bonds our hearts together as believers, as a family. Love lights our path through the darkness of the world, through the narrow gate that leads to eternal life with Christ. Life with Christ where we spend eternity in fellowship with God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and with all of those believers, all of the saints, saints like our brother Dwayne, who have gone before us. I have to say, as I was in Dallas this week at the North Texas Conference for a class, class on pastoral care. It's nice of them to teach me how to do this. Dwayne's passing reminds me that it was December 16th, many years ago, that my own dad passed. And I recall that I got a call from my mother while I was at work, and she simply said, I can't get your dad to wake up. Now, I, I told her to do all those things, call 911, etc., and I left work in Houston to drive to Beaumont, and I made that 90-minute trip in about an hour. I, I can't recall all the thoughts that were running through my head. It really is a blur now, but I can remember that the idea that I wouldn't ever see my dad in this life again didn't even cross my mind. I got to the house and I found a note on the back door from my mother. I could tell it was her handwriting and it simply said, gone to Baptist Hospital with Dad. By the time I got to Baptist Hospital, he was gone. And I went in to see him, but I could tell immediately that his spirit was not there. And as I sat there in that trauma room with his body, I remember thinking, how are we ever going to find joy in Christmas again? But a few days later, the love of Christ came anyway. See, not even death can hold back the love of Christ. Because love blesses. Love illuminates. Love sparks joy that transcends the physical, the natural, 
and enters the realm of the metaphysical and the supernatural. Love sets our hearts to singing. Singing a new song. Love connects our spirits to the Spirit of God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, transports us into the midst of the Trinity, where we join the heavenly host, singing, Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The passage in Luke that Debbie just read is an example of this supernatural, song-inspiring power of love. When the angel Gabriel told Mary that Elizabeth had also conceived a son who was John the Baptist, the scripture says Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped She was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly. And this is what she sang. You're so blessed among women. And the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. See, the light of love can never be extinguished. It's infinite. And the blessings and joy that it brings are also infinite and infinitely contagious. Spreading joy and new life, a new song spontaneously breaking out like the light that spreads through the darkness. Elizabeth's joyous song spreads with the filling of the Holy Spirit which generates a new song in Mary. And she sings the Magnificat, what we've come to call the Song of Mary. Elizabeth's song is contagious, and Mary sings, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant, Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. 
He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary's song is a new song, a song of hope, not just for Mary, but for all humankind. Her song is a change of heart, a change from a heart of fear and anxiety to a heart of love, a new song for a new heart. The Advent season is coming to a close as the next time we meet will be Christmas Eve here, 7 p.m. The Advent season is all about preparation for the glorious things God will do next. And we must be ready. In order to be ready, we need to sing a new song. A new song like Mary's song. And to do that, we have to have a new heart. A redeemed heart. A pure, clean heart. The baby in the manger came from the line of the house of David. King David was called a man after God's own heart. David was many things. He was a shepherd, a musician, a warrior a psalmist, a preacher of the word. And he was a sinner. David did some things in his life that he was not proud of. He took another man's wife and sent her husband into battle to be killed. He sinned against himself, against his friends and family, against Israel and against his God, and he suffered painful consequences for his actions. But he is not remembered for his sin, because he repented and returned to God, who forgave him and blotted out his transgressions and washed him white as snow. In Psalm 51, David asked God to forgive him and to remain close to him. He approaches God with a broken and contrite heart. And he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. 
Then I will teach transgressors, sinners, your ways. And sinners will be converted to you. I can relate to David. I'm one of those warrior, musician, preacher of the word, sinner types. I don't know much about sheep, except maybe the ones that walk on two legs. But David and I have some things in common, and I imagine he has some things in common with you. Because I, too, have things in my past that I'm not particularly proud of. But like David, I made a choice to return to God. And because of that, not because of me, but because of God, I have been washed clean by the crimson blood of Jesus. And like David, I make it my life's work to teach transgressors the way of Christ so that they will have the opportunity to be converted to a relationship with the Father. Trust me, it does not depend on who I am. There's no way it could. But hear me, church. No matter what your past looks like, you too can be restored and redeemed into a right relationship with the Father. You too can have a clean heart. You too can sing a new song. The pathway to God's mercy and grace is through the love of Jesus Christ, made possible by His coming to us as a baby in the lowly manger. There is such power in that love because there is such power in the name of Jesus. And through Jesus, even the most sordid past can be forgiven because in Him there is no condemnation. If Jesus is knocking on your heart's door, rest assured, His love is on the other side. And I implore you once again, invite Him in. while the opportunity exists. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.